we've been talking about vision, uh, a series on uh, 2020 vision. Last week, or a couple of weeks ago, we, we began and uh, in this journey of, of, uh, of vision that God has given us. We're, we're on the cusp, not only of a brand new year, but a brand new decade. And we talked about launching points. We're at a launching point. You're at a launching point. I'm here to tell you today that 2020 is not the end of you, but 2020 is your launching point. And last week we talked about uh, being found faithful. God found Elisha faithful, and may God find us faithful in everything that we do. Wherever we're at, whatever point that we're at in our life, that we are found faithful. And if, if you're still living and if you're still breathing, that God has got a plan for your life, and I believe that the best is yet to come. Your best is not, is not behind you, but our best is before us because God has a will and God has a plan for your life. And may we be found faithful and may we, may we be found moving forward in, in the dreams and, the, and in the plans of God. And this morning we're going to continue uh, talking and, and we're going to look at Nehemiah chapter 2. Today we're going to talk about uh, building together in this vision. And let me share these verses of scripture with you this morning from Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 17. The Bible says this, And then the city officials did not know I had been out there, this is Nehemiah, or what I was doing. For I had not yet said anything to anyone about my plans, and I had not yet spoken to the Jewish leaders, the priests, the nobles, and the officials, or anyone else in the administration. But now I said to them, you know very well what trouble we're in. Jerusalem lies in ruins. Its gates have been destroyed by fire. Let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and end this disgrace. And then I told them about how the gracious hand of God had been on me and about my conversation with the king. And they replied at once, yes, let us rebuild the wall. And so they began the good work. You know, this is an exciting time. This is an exciting time for you. This is an exciting time in your life. This is an exciting time for your marriage, I believe, and for your family. If you're a, you're a single person, this is, a, this is an exciting time for you. Uh, today at Life Rock Church, it's an exciting time for our church and we've been talking, and we've been dreaming, and we've been planning for many years of building our own church building. And uh, we've been faithful in this endeavor. We've been faithful, and we've been committed to the plan. And if you're new to Life Rock Church, you say, well, this looks like a movie theater. Well, let me assure you that we're, we're building a building right now. And uh, I'll be talking a little bit about that. I was talking to... Uh, uh, our, our, our district bishop, at the time he was our district bishop, Wayman Ming, and uh, now he's our general bishop. Uh, I was talking to him several years ago, and I told him, I said, you know, Brother Ming, I said, there will be church plants. We were talking about church plants. I said, there will be church plants to go to various locations, and I said, it will take 10 to 15 years before they're able to acquire buildings or acquire property, and we found this to be very true in our own experience of church planning. Uh, in case you don't know, we have moved in and out of temporary locations. We have borrowed meeting space. We have rented meeting space. We have leased renting space, uh, leased uh, uh, meeting space. And uh, over that time, we have set up tables. 
We have set up chairs. We have set up lights. We have set up sound equipment. We have set up walls. Several years ago, we were meeting in, a, in an American Legion building, and we had construction. We had a great idea. We, we took these two-inch styrofoam panels, and we took metal frames, and we, we, we made these metal walls. And we would set up this. They had a, a big room that we would have our adult service in, our adult worship service. And then they had a smaller back room, and we would take these styrofoam walls and we would set them up and we would make classrooms because it was just one big gigantic open room and then you, the, the the greatest part is sticking around when it was over and watching us tear everything down we had little kids three and four years old and uh they would be carrying these walls around. They didn't weigh very much, but they would be uh, working, and they would be helping, and we would be coming together. And so uh, there are many of you uh, that, have, that have been with us on this journey, and uh, we're almost at the point of we have been setting up and tearing down. We have set up and tore down for nine years, okay? And in fact, in addition to that, we, we were in a shopping center that we were leasing uh, for for. Quite quite a time also, and uh, we have paid six hundred thousand dollars to rent space, to lease space, and you say that's a lot of money. And there's a lot of folks that go, well, why don't you just go out and just build a building? Building. Listen, it takes a lot to pull the trigger on a million dollar loan. Okay, and if you go to a place and you go to a town and you've got no building. And you've got nothing that you start with. Now, there's some places and they've already got a building and they start with that, okay? And then there's some groups and they've got a, they've got a, a large denomination that will co-sign their notes for them. If you don't have any of that, and we didn't have any of that, no building, no denomination to co-sign a note for us, let me, let me assure you this. It takes a lot to get to the point that a bank is going to come on board with you to loan you money. And for a long time... Uh, let me just share a couple stories with you. For a long time, we hold we hold equipment on a trailer each and every Sunday. And so late one Saturday night, I don't know why we just didn't leave the stuff on the trailer, but we would always take the trailer, and then we would take and unload the trailer, and we would put the stuff in our garage, okay? And so late one night, we're unloading this we're loading the trailer back on Saturday night, okay? And so Debbie and I are there. We're, we're loading the trailer. We're getting it ready so we can have it hauled, red, hooked up to, the, to the, our vehicle the next morning. And so uh, we're carrying the stuff. And right in the middle of carrying that stuff, we had this piano case that was made out of metal. It was real heavy, okay? And Debbie dropped it on her foot. Okay, Debbie's sitting right back over there. And uh, it was probably, Debbie, I know it hadn't been my fault. I probably, as clumsy as, as I am, I know that I tripped over something and dropped that piano on your foot. It had to have been my fault. And so here we are, it's late at night. She's got to go to the emergency room. She's broken her toe, okay? And what can they do for a broken toe? Nothing, okay? You're stuck with it, okay? And so the next morning, went to the emergency room, Got it wrapped up, got it taken care of, got it bandaged, and then the next morning we're back up, we're pulling that trailer up to Columbia, we're pulling it to the American Legion, and uh, 
Debbie's helping and we're unloading it and the other team's coming together and we're, we're unloading the trailer and getting ready to set up and then Debbie's working and teaching in the kids' ministry. There's another Sunday that I remember, okay? I'm just sharing a couple stories with you today um, as kind of a groundwork. There was another particular Sunday. We were still at the American Legion and we pulled in there and on that particular Sunday, Debbie said, look at the grass. And it's like a, Knee high, okay? And she said, the grass looks terrible. I told her, I said, Debbie, there's nothing we can do about the grass. This is not our building. They're in charge of mowing their own grass. And so we went in, we unloaded the trailer, we set up this, started setting everything up and, and getting everything ready and went, went to the back and set up the kids' area and set up the walls and got ready and, and uh, went back and, and you know, when you're setting up, okay, you got to get there two hours early, sometimes three hours early, you know, it's just the way it is, okay, because you have to have a rehearsal, the band's got to get ready, everything's got to happen, so while the band's practicing, I heard something outside, I go out there, you know what it is, Debbie's mowing the grass, <laughs> she finds a lawnmower in the storage area of the American Legion, and she's mowing the grass, well, God, God gave me the right wife, didn't he? Yeah. Today, okay, we can drive to 2811 Rock Quarry Road, and we can see the dream that has risen, and there's a building that's there, okay? And let me tell you where we're at right now, okay? The building is up. It's all insulated. I got a call this week. The sprinkler system is all in place, and it's been installed this week. Uh, we got a uh, our contractor is going to start framing the building, doing framing this week, so it's an exciting time, okay? And so we're moving forward in this dream. Every vision starts with a dream, okay? You say, well, okay, sounds good. Dreaming won't cost you anything, okay? You can lay in your bed and you can dream, okay? You don't have to even move. You don't, you don't have to get up from your recliner to dream, uh, dreaming costs nothing. We dream while we sleep. Dreaming takes absolutely positively no commitment. Dreaming takes no effort whatsoever. It takes no energy, no activity, no money. The truth of the matter is that everyone can dream. And there's some of you today, and you're sitting there, and you're sitting on a dream. But it takes action to put the dream into motion. It takes action to put the vision into motion. Now, that's going to cost you something. And that's going to take energy. And that's going to take effort. And there's a lot of people quit and they give up on dreaming because they never put it into motion. I believe that God wants us to put our vision into motion. Nehemiah had a vision. He had a dream to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. The city of Jerusalem had been destroyed by the enemy. And Nehemiah was living in captivity in Babylon. But God opened a door for Nehemiah. And the king of Babylon gave Nehemiah a captive uh, Hebrew prisoner. He gave Nehemiah the permission to go back to Jerusalem to rebuild the walls. And so here's Nehemiah. He went back. He surveyed the work. He considered and, and took note of everything that needed to be done. He got a firsthand look at what it was going to take to rebuild. Today, if you've got a vision, every vision needs a blueprint. 
Your vision needs a blueprint. No vision will never ever get off the ground unless there is a blueprint. Unless you begin to put your thoughts and ideas down on paper. We have literally spent tens of thousands, tens of thousands of dollars getting site plans and blueprints approved by the city of Columbia. It's happened, okay? We built a church. When I was a kid, okay, we built a church at 3011 South 10 Mile Drive in Jefferson City, Missouri. We built a whole church for $60,000, okay? I've got $60,000 in drawings and permits, you know? This is a different day. This is a different time. This is a different age that we live in. But today, every vision needs a blueprint. You need a blueprint. We need to sit down and begin to write what God has put in our spirit. We need to begin to sit down and take notes about what God has spoken into our heart. Nehemiah, Nehemiah went to Jerusalem. And when he got there, he didn't even tell the people what he was going to do. But he went out, and if you'll study the story, he went out late at night. No one, Frank, no one knew what he was doing. He went out late at night and he began to survey the walls that were torn down. He began to survey the devastation of the city on that. He began to survey the need. And as he surveyed the need, he began to develop a plan of action. And every vision needs a formal plan. He got a formal plan together. He realized that his vision needed a blueprint. And then when he got the formal plan, and then when he got that blueprint, he went and began to share that vision with the people. He saw the need. He shared the need with the leaders of Jerusalem. And that's the scriptures that I've read from you in Nehemiah chapter 2. He began to share with all the people. He said, listen, he said, the city of Jerusalem has been devastated. He said, the city of Jerusalem has been disgraced because it's been burnt. It's been torn down by the enemy. And he said, I have come back and God has put this in my heart. And God has put this in my spirit to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And Nehemiah Nehemiah inspired the people in Jerusalem to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. I'm trying to inspire you today, okay? I'm, I'm trying to, to encourage you today that we can build together, all right? It's not about one guy building, okay? It's not about two people building. It's not, not about a pastor and, 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 and a pastor and his wife coming together and building, but it's about everyone coming together to say, hey, we're building for the kingdom of God. And I've told you before, okay, and I'll tell you again, that a building is just a tool, okay? A building is not an end in itself. A building is a resource because we proved it. Okay, you can have church anywhere. You can have church in a hotel. You can have church in a, in a dance hall. <laughs> God only knows the, the beer bottles we picked up, okay? God only knows, okay, the cigarette butts that we picked up in a dance hall so we can have church on a, Saturday, on, on a Sunday morning. We can have church anywhere, but a building is a tool today. It's a place where we can come together, and it's a place that we can meet. And let me assure you that Life Rock Church, we're building a building, not as an end in itself, but as a place where broken, hurting people can be reached and can be ministered to. 
and that we can pray for them and we can preach the gospel and we can come together and we can fellowship and we can do outreach and we can give stuff away, okay, like free stuff, okay, which is a blast that we do, okay, and have done. Did you realize this, that churches in America are being sold because there's no minister, there's no pastor that's willing and available to go to certain places, okay? We've we got churches. We, we've got a church right now that has just a few people in it. It's got 10 or 12 people in it. It's got a nice little building, and it's all paid for, okay? It's a nice, it's, it's, it's got, it, it's a nice place, okay? But someone says, who's going to go there? Who's going to be the pastor? I don't know. God's got to put it on someone's heart. And if God doesn't put it on his heart, on someone's heart, then that building in the future might be sold, okay? We don't want it to. My Lord, we don't want it to be. We don't want that to happen, okay? But sometimes we've got, there, there's churches in America that's being sold. There's buildings in America that's being sold today because there's no one to preach the gospel. There's no one to inspire the people, you say, well, it's, it's a tough place to go. Well, listen, it was a tough place for Nehemiah to go back to Jerusalem. It's a city that had been burnt. Brother Sinswell, a city that had been devastated by the enemy. The walls had been broken down. The walls that would keep other enemy, the enemy out had been broken down. It was a difficult place for him to go to. But God spoke to him, and he went. He saw the need. He got a blueprint. He shared the need with the people. He inspired the people, and he led them. Every leader needs a team of people to work together to build for the kingdom of God. And every vision needs resources. God is the creator. I've told you before, God is the creator and the owner of all things. He's the maker of all things. But God uses ordinary people that will invest in building the kingdom of God. Let me tell you what we need, okay? I'm going to just tell you what we need. We need some of you to invest in the kingdom of God, okay? We need you to invest your time, your talent, and your treasure in the kingdom of God. We need some of you to invest in building for the kingdom of God. And there, we have, we've got many faithful givers. We've got many faithful tithers. We, we, we've got that. But there's some of you, and you've been on the sideline and say to yourself, well, one of these days we're going to start. We, one of these days we're going to begin. It's just we're waiting for the right time. There will never be a right time, all right? The right time is now that we're giving and we're, we're sowing and we're investing in the program of God because every vision needs resources and God's the creator and the owner we're simply managers of all that is God's and all that God owns and all of God's resources and here's what happens ordinary people come together and they invest their time their talent their treasure their money they invest it to build for the kingdom of God the people saw the need and they began to work because every dream needs a team Okay, every, every, let me say it like this, every, every vision needs people that's going to buy in. We've got a lot of people that's not buying in across America. A lot of folks are not buying in. A, a lot of folks are not taking ownership. Buying in makes, means taking ownership in the vision. And there's some people that will never buy in. There's some people that will never take ownership. Moses led the children of Israel and if you read it, every year, every, every January when the year starts, I start reading the Bible all over again, okay? And I uh, just got done reading 
Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. I've just got done reading those five books. I'm in Joshua right now, okay? And uh, here's what I find about the children of Israel. They're constantly complaining. They're constantly finding fault. And, and I, I look at that and I say this. They never, he wanted, Moses wanted the people to buy in to the vision of taking the promised land. He wanted the people to take ownership in, 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 in taking the promised land. But all they did was grumble against God and they found fault in Moses' leadership. And the result was this, they just wandered around in circles. If we don't take ownership in this vision, we're just going to keep wandering around. We're going to keep wandering around. But God has got a plan today. And we don't have to wander around. But God needs people that's going to take ownership. God needs a people that's going to buy in today. Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 2 says this. Listen to this. I read this just the other day. I want you to get this. Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 2. Normally, it only takes 11 days to travel from Mount Sinai to, to Kadesh Barnea, going by the way of Mount Seir. But 40 years after the Israelites left Egypt, on the first day of the 11th month, Moses addressed the people of Israel, telling them everything the Lord had commanded him to say. You see, if the Israelites, the point I'm making is this, if the Israelites would have took ownership in the vision, they could have got there in 11 days. Did you get it? If they would have bought into the vision and stopped grumbling and stopped finding fault and stopped complaining, they could have got there in less than two weeks. All right? <laughs> you ever been on vacation with your kids? Mom and Dad, are we there yet? No, we're not, even to, we're not even out of Columbia. Are we there yet? No, we're not even to Kansas City. We're going all the way to San Francisco. Could have got there in 11 days. They kept complaining. They kept grumbling. They kept griping. It took them 40 years. And then the complainers didn't even go in. God said they're going to die off in the wilderness. We have got to own the vision today. This is God's plan. In the book of Nehemiah, the people took ownership in the vision to rebuild. Nehemiah shared the plan. They got behind the plan, and they immediately began to rebuild the walls. You know, um, I remember being back there at the American Legion. I remember back, being back there. And uh, I preached a series one time on uh, finding your passion and your purpose in ministry. Okay, I don't know if there's anyone here that would ever remember me preaching that series. Maybe someone does. Finding your passion and purpose in ministry. And after the series was over, it's like about five parts or something. Okay, I, What I did was I had a piece of paper that I had typed up these questions. This isn't the piece of paper, but I'm just, I like to have a little, we need a visual. Okay, <laughs> That's why I'm holding the paper in my hand right now because it's a visual. Okay. And on the paper, it said this. Question number one, what is your passion? Question number two, what is your purpose? Question number three, what is your calling? Okay? Uh, question number four, where will you serve in the church? Okay? And so I told the people, I said, I want you to fill these things out, and then next week, 
Because I, I believe everyone's called to do something. You're, you're called to do something. Maybe you're not doing anything right now. You're called of God to do something. Probably not to be the pastor. Probably not to go to Africa to be a missionary. But every one of us is called to do something. Okay, And if right now, if you're not serving, the question is, where will you serve? And I told the people when I preached the series, I said, I'm not going to tell you what to do. Because you have got to figure out what you're passionate about, what your gifting is, what your calling is, and where God wants you to work. And I said, write it down on a piece of paper and give it to me. Okay, I got a few of those back. I did get a few of those back. But I had a guy that come to me a week or two later, maybe it was the next Sunday. His name was Bill Mace. And Bill Mace is kind of a big guy, and uh, he's now, I think he lives in Eldon now. He was living here with his brother, Marshall McCoy, at the time. Marshall's passed on. Bill moved away. But Bill came to me one Sunday. He said, Pastor Bob, he said, let me, let me tell you something. He, had that whole, he was holding that paper in his hand. It was blank. He said, Pastor Bob, let me tell you this. He said, I don't read very well, and I don't write very well. And he said, I didn't fill this paper out. But he said, let me tell you what I can do. He said, I can sweep the floor. I can mop the floor. I can move tables. I can move chairs. He actually said this, I can clean the toilet. I can do anything you want me to do. And when do you want me to start? Katina, there was nothing that ever blessed me any more than Bill Mace saying that to me. And he just started. You say, what did he do? He started sweeping the floor. He started mopping the floor. He started moving chairs. He started moving tables. He started cleaning toilets. You see, every one of us is called to do something. Every one of That is called buying into the vision. That is what I call taking ownership in the vision. We're owning it. That's what the people did in Nehemiah's time. They bought in. They took ownership, and that is what God is calling every one of us to do. I'm going to say this, and I don't want to offend anyone because I don't want to be negative, okay? I don't want to be negative at all, but it's just the truth of the matter. You know why mega churches are so popular today? Because you can go and you never have to buy in. Did you know that? You can slip in the door and no one even knows you're there. They don't even know you showed up. They don't even know you walked in the door. And because of that, in your spirit, you sense, I don't have to do anything here. No one is going to expect anything out of me. All I, all I can do is I can go, I can sit on the back seat, or I can sit somewhere, I can sit in the dark, I can do whatever I want, and I never have to buy in. I never have to, I never have to take ownership. But if I'm in a little smaller church, then someone's going to eventually expect me to do something, okay? And in fact, we got to the point in mega church, okay, that you can, the other night I woke up and I'm sleeping and Ethan's in the living room and he's watching Michael Todd. God bless Michael Todd down there in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And he's playing a Michael Todd sermon, watching him on Roku. And it's like 900 decibels or something like that, you know. I got up and said, Ethan, do you think you could please turn that? I'm even deaf in one ear, okay? And I'm, turn, I'm, 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 I'm sleeping on my good ear. I, do you think you can turn that down just a little bit? Because I'm deaf in one ear and I can still hear it through the pillow, okay? 
God bless the mega church path. God bless Stephen Furtick, okay? God bless him, okay? But we got to the point nowadays, you can sit at home and you can, don't even have to go to church and you can listen to all the sermons you want, okay? There's never going to be any buy-in. There's never going to be any ownership. But you can just sit at home and get blessed all you want. Pray, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I love that message. I love what he, I just love that little phrase he just said. That's awesome. No buying in. God wants us, there's got to be a buy-in. If something's going to get done, there's got to be a buy-in. If we're going to build, there's got to be a buy-in, okay? You say, why did it take so long for Life Rock to build? Because we didn't have enough buy-in. Wow, that is right, but that's tight. We didn't have enough buy-in. If we had enough buy-in, we could have built five years ago. We didn't have enough buy-in. We didn't have enough ownership, Okay? But God is calling us to buy in today. Every vision needs a team working together. Every vision needs a team serving together. Every vision needs a team moving together. Your marriage needs agreement. Your marriage needs, your, your, your marriage is a team. We're sharing together. Every vision needs a team where we're working together and we're moving together in harmony and we're moving together in agreement. But let me assure you of this, okay, that sooner or later, and I'm getting ready to close, okay? Don't want to offend anyone anymore, okay? (laughs) But eventually, every vision will be challenged. The devil will try to challenge your vision. You know God's told you to do it, but every vision will be challenged. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 1. Sanballat was very angry when he learned that we were building, rebuilding the wall. He flew into a rage. He mocked the Jews, saying in front of his friends and the Sumerian army officers, what does this bunch of poor, feeble Jews think they're doing? Do they think they can, we, can, we can build the wall? Do they think they can build a wall on a single day or just by offering a few sacrifices? Do they actually think they can make something of stones from a heap of rushel, heap of rubbish, or charred and charred ones of that? And Tobiah the Ammonite, who is standing beside him, remarked, that stone wall would collapse if even a fox walked along the top of it. Here was a guy, a couple people, they did not want the wall to be rebuilt. And Sambalat and Tobiah, they fought against the vision. They conspired against the vision. They got other disgruntled people to fight against the work of God and the will of God. They tried to scare the people to run from the vision. But here's the secret. The people were determined to rebuild the wall. we got to be determined. That no matter what happens, we're going to rebuild. We're going to build for the kingdom of God. Last summer, I was in the middle of camp. It was July the 9th, and you'll never guess what happened. The city come by and shut our job down. And all we had was some footings in. The city city of Columbia came by and shut our building project down. It's like, what in the world's going on? And we talked to them, and they were upset about some things. And, and I don't feel like we had done anything wrong, but they got, just got all upset about it. Shut us down. It's like the devil's sitting there going, no, you're never going to get this building built. This building's never coming up. It's never going up. 
It's been laying on the ground over there for a year. It's going to continue to lay. It's going to rot. It's going to rust on the ground. But you know what? We began to pray about it. We began to seek God. It took two months, but God gave us a breakthrough. And they released us from that stop work order. Listen, challenges will come. If you've got a vision, challenges will come. If you've got a vision for your marriage, if you've got a vision for your business, if you've got a vision for your career, challenges do happen. We've got to pursue. We've got to continue to work through these things. And even though all hell breaks loose against us, that we are determined to continue to build. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 15. When our enemies heard that we knew of their plans and that God had frustrated them, we all returned to our work on the wall. But from then on, listen to this, only half of my men worked while the other half stood guard. With spears and shields, bows and coats of mail, the leaders stationed themselves behind the people of Judah who were building the wall. The laborers carried on their work with one hand supporting their load and one hand holding a weapon. No matter what the challenge, we have got to be determined to bring the vision to pass. No matter what the challenge, we've got to be determined to build, to expand, to increase, to preach the gospel no matter what happens, to see lost people saved. And the people were intent to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. The Bible said this, half of them worked and half of them stood guard. It also says this, the people worked with a tool in one hand. Imagine this, they had a hammer in one hand. And they had a sword in the other. And they kept working. We got to make up our mind. You got to make up your mind. I know you got a vision. I know you've got a dream. I know you've got a plan. You've got to make up your mind that even though a challenge comes, we're going to persevere. You're going to persevere. That we are moving forward today. And nothing is going to stop us. Because every vision needs to be completed. The important thing isn't starting. Yeah, important. starting is important, okay? The takeoff is very important, but finishing is vital. Finishing is key. A lot of people don't fail. They just quit, all right? They just give up. This is not a time to quit. This is not your end. This is your launching point. we got to be found faithful. God wants us to come together as a church and build. When you go, I want you to go to 3011, or 3011, 2811 South Tim Mile Drive. <laughs> 2811 Rock Quarry Road. I want you to go there. <laughs> God, help me today. Help me, Lord. Help me, God, today. Go over there and take a look. Park your car. Go and walk in that building. Look at it and catch a vision. And when you go there, say, listen, I am buying into the vision. This is my church. This is my place where I come together with, with God's people to worship and serve and work together. And I also want you to ask yourself this question. What in the world am I doing? Am I just going to church on Sunday morning? Am I just coming and listening to the worship? Or is God given me a passion? Has God given me a gift? Has God given me a calling? Is there something that I need to be doing? Every one of us should be serving somewhere. And I want you to ask yourself the question, where can I serve in the church? Where can I work in the church? Don't let the devil cheat you out of your vision. 
Because no matter what the vision, there will be challenges. And we got to continue to make up our mind that we are going to persevere. And the vision will be completed in spite of opposition. We're not going to give up. We're agreeing together. The people worked together and the wall was completed. Get this, in 52 days. Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 15. So on October the 2nd, the wall was finished in just 52 days after we had begun. Children of Israel could have got there in 11 days. But because they never bought in, because they never took ownership, they wandered for 40 years. The, the, the Israelites under Nehemiah's leadership, they got inspired they bought in, they took ownership, and in 52 days, even though the enemy attacked, even though the enemy tried to stop them, they did the work in 52 days. God has a plan today. God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for this church today. And may God use us and God help us because we're all called and gifted by God to be used for His glory, to be used by Him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, right now, we just thank you, God, for the calling. We thank you, God, for the great commission of Jesus Christ, which is to go into all the world and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, to, say pe to see people saved, to come out of sin. God, I just pray, God, that you'll help us and use us, God, to be part of the vision, to realize that we are gifted and we are called, dear God, that we would be a church and a body of believers that comes together, that comes together, fully committed, not ready to give up, not ready to quit, but God, fully committed, fully engaged in ministry, fully engaged in building together. Use us, I pray. Help us in spite of circumstances, in, in spite of setbacks. In spite of challenges, God, use us and help us, God. First of all, to finish that new church building at 2811 Rock Quarry Road. Help us, God, to work together, to build together, to invest together in your kingdom. And God, I pray to go on from that point and to serve together as a church, to serve the people in our community, to be used of you, God, to spread the gospel on our job, in our neighborhood, in our school, wherever we might be, God, to speak of our testimony and tell people what you've done for us. But God, help us. There's some of us, God, we, you've been dealing with us a long time about certain things. You've been dealing with us about the buy-in. You've been dealing with us about taking ownership, and we've struggled against that. we fought with that. But God, unless we determine in our mind, God, we're going to work together, we'll be like the Israelites that's wandering around the wilderness but God, help us and use us, I pray. God, we're right on the brink. We're right on the verge of doing great things for you, God. We, we've seen a lot of people saved, God. We, Life Rock Church has seen hundreds of people saved and hundreds and thousands of lives touched, dear God, through our, through our various ministries. But I pray, God, that greater days and greater things are possible and you'll continue to use us and work through us, I pray. And propel us, God, and inspire us and anoint us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Bless us and help us to work together 
in one mind, in one accord, dear God. Use us, I pray, in Christ's name, to build your kingdom, to see people's lives saved, changed, see folks saved. And we thank you for these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. If you're here and you do not know Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, I want to invite you to come. In fact, I'd like for our prayer team to come if they would. And if you guys would come and stand up here. These guys are going to come and they're here to pray with you this morning. If you need prayer, maybe God is dealing, dealing with you about something. You're here today. You do not know Jesus Christ, your personal Savior. We're saved by grace. It's a free gift of God. There's, there'll be someone here that will pray with you. If you need healing in your body, there's someone here that will pray with you today. If you want to stand in for a friend or a family member or a loved one, there's someone here that will pray with you today. If you just need encouragement, there's someone that's here that will pray with you today to encourage you and to lift you up. You can, you can share. We can share our needs with one another. We can share our struggles with one another. And we can pray for one another. This is the will of God. But if you're here this morning and you need prayer, please come. But just before you leave, if you would, would you stand with us? And they're going to play and sing a song. And before you leave, just praise the Lord. Spend a little time. Draw a circle around yourself and just spend a little bit of time talking to the Lord, praising the Lord, pressing in. If you need prayer, please come today. And there are those that will pray with you.